Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. A star attraction. The one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Jed. My name is Jed. Jed. Come and listen to a story yes. about me. Um, Come and listen to a story. All right. So, everyone, <laughs> welcome to it's a very special edition of Kill Me Now. I'm your host, Judy Gold, and I'm in Los Angeles, California. So, we don't have Lauren here. So, everyone cry. Uh, all Lauren and I do is fight. We That's all we do. But it's we really fight. about love. It's about not her, not. Oh, he, he. He's a pre-op tranny are you it's sure? about him oh, yeah. not interrupting me but he constantly interrupts me and it's like i'm on a thing and then boom so we fight a little bit and then i get you know we get emails and stuff but whatever anyway family it's just like every person in my life yeah. the problem with with lauren is that like i'm here in la and i'm trying to get studio space and do all this so I was in contact with him yesterday, and this is this is constant. This is a kill me now moment. Yeah, by the way, sure. it's con- it's like I'm like okay, so I can record, and I have Ed, and you know. By the way, today's guest is the one and only, extremely funny and talented Ed Krasnick. Yeah, thank you, thanks, so people. I, I'm trying to deal with you and getting uh, you know right. getting the fucking studio here in L.A. Yeah, and uh, I get a, a, his wife Chemda. Who has a co- podcast? Say no more. Chemda, <laughs> uh, it, it writes me on her phone. Oh, uh, he, uh, Lauren, uh, no, Lauren writes me on Chemda's phone that he lost his phone on the subway, but someone found it. It's like every week is another. Oh my god, I'm really sorry, but you know I couldn't find this. It's like every there's. I can't. It's so fucking annoying. You had me a Chemda. Yeah, uh, that is. I understand. So it's a lot of drama. Well, it's it's, it's never it's, easy. It's, it's constant, like you know, it, for me. Okay, so th- here's the thing. You know, Ed, you're a stand-up. I mean, but you've done. You're a writer. Yes, sir. Producer. Yes, you've had podcasts. Yes. You've, you've done films. Yes. You've done TV shows. Yes. Um, I make borscht. You make borscht with the beets, mm-hmm. boiled potato, mm-hmm. and the sour cream. <laughs> but, and you have a child. Yes, I do. And a wife. Yes, and I when do. I have, when I deal with these people who have, their only responsibility is themselves. And we work together. Yeah. You know, is it that fucking hard? Like, I have two children. All right, right now, one's in camp and one's back in New York. But, I mean... I had Henry missed his dentist appointment. He's almost 20. I have to, call, you know, like there's, I have other people that I have to take over and I manage to keep my phone near me so that it doesn't fall out of my bag on a subway. You're talking about Team Judy now. There's a thing called Team Judy and it has all the people that you're responsible to. And I know exactly how you feel. There are a lot of people like this in show business who cannot hold on to simple things like a phone, a quarter, money, their nose, uh, their skin. No, but it's also that whole... Drama. 
it's not my fault. It happened to me. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, it, it, th- this is a thing that I've been grappling, grappling, bing, 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 <laughs> grappling word. with. Good word. It's just that it's, there's no one takes responsibility for anything no anymore. No one takes responsibility. It's it always someone to else's you. fucking fault. Yes, that's right. And that is the cornerstone of the Trump administration. No, that's the core. The it cor- is the cornerstone of it's. It. It's why these things are happening because people don't. That no one comes out. No one thinks that they're connected to anything. No one thinks that they have responsibility for anything. When I say no one, I'm talking about me. No, when I say no one, I'm talking about a lot of people. No, but it's it. That's exactly the way you it just, is. All, now, Lauren, if Lauren is probably going to listen to this, I'm yes, sure. Yes, absolutely. Now, Lauren, you're a wonderful human being. But you have to hold on to your cell phone or oh, please. admit and it, that and it's, it's okay. Ju- that- right. And there's things when he fucks up where it's just, you know, no, I didn't mean to do it, but it happened. And you have to, like, there's so many things I didn't mean to happen right. that fucked me up, but right. I had to take responsibility for them. Even if they happened to me, Yes, it's how you handle that. You have a it's, choice. Right. You have a choice. What, so, Ed, what do you need Lauren to do? Let's get it out in the open. Oh, God, I can't even. It's too much. I, I just need Lauren to be organized. And it's not something like, look, I have no executive function, basically. Okay. He doesn't either. Okay. Um, he's also all over the place doing a million things at once, okay. which is also something you cannot you can't be great at one thing if you're doing 500 things. That's true. Okay. Anyway, can we not talk about him anymore? No, we're not talking about him. All right, Lauren, him. bye. Anyway. Um, Lauren, say hello to Chemda for me. Yeah. You'd like Chemda. I like Chemda already. It, it, Chemda is the co-host of Keith and the Girl. Yes. Do you know Chemda? Yes. No, you don't. No, I've heard the show. Yeah, I like oh, it. Oh, all right. I like it. And I like Chemda, and I'm a big Chemda maniac. I'm a, I'm a Chemda. Chemda's hot. Yeah. Chemda's hot. Nothing you know, Israeli. She's Israeli hot. Do you know? You've been to Israel? I'm sorry. I don't know, and I don't know. I don't have know. Have you been to Israel? I have been. I have seen the Negev. The Negev. Did you go? Did you do the. Um, no, I've never been. But I've raised a lot of money for Israel. From the and you've never been? You I have know. to go to Israel. I was supposed to go on a program. Instead, it turned into a pogrom. Ladies and gentlemen, night, I folks. will see you and at the premiere. It. No, um, no, I, uh, I want to go. I've always wanted to why go. Why can't you do the Avi Lieberman thing? Uh, I was working on that, but I did it in a half-assed manner, so I got a free trip to Jordan. Uh, I got close. That's <laughs> a free. Jordan is what I said, ladies and gentlemen. Good night, folks. And Jordan. I will see you at the premiere. So now, yeah. So anyway, but I, I've always wanted to go. I was a public speaker for the United Jewish Appeal for for years. You have to go. I know it's my birthright. And bring your daughter. And lose my phone. I'm the. I'm the yes. Mega. <laughs> I bring All right. Her. So if you don't know Ed, uh, Ed. I don't know. What do you think people would know? This week in comedy, you were a host of. I was this a host of a show. I have a show called the Self Help Comedy Hour. Yes, it's on I've Dash been Radio, on and it's a thing. I've been, I did your podcast. You thing. did, but I wasn't the in new one. Yes, yeah. it, it has. I have therapists with me, and we do psychodrama live. Oh, it's I want to do it. Amazing, and you're going to do it. I'm it's, doing it's, it. It's, I'll do it. You know, I'm up for anything. You're doing it. You're doing um, it. And I, the Sopranos. You know, I've been on shows. Yeah, the Sopranos, Sopranos and Curb and Conan. Win and all Ben kinds Stein's of crap. money. I want it. 
Um, no, I, I wasn't allowed to speak to him, but I did. Is that true? Work, yeah, because he was a he was a host and a contestant. Right. So Disney didn't recognize the Fourth of July as a legal holiday at the time. This is absolutely true, and we weren't allowed to speak to him because it would have been. Um, I'm sorry, that's my uh, pacemaker going off. No, it isn't my pacemaker. It's my rabbi saying, why do you... All right, shut the fuck up. Go. Here we go. So, yeah, yeah, so what happened with Ben Stein? Well, Ben Stein was uh, one day, you know, we were in a room, the writers, and he was on stage, and we were not allowed to meet him or talk with him. Wait, you wrote for the show Ben Stein's Money? Yes. And you were not allowed to meet Ben Stein? Why? Because he's a contestant on the show, and there would be some foul play. It would be like the $64,000 question. We'd all be in jail. So did he hire the Who hired the writers? No, no, the writers were hired by Buena Vista uh, Television, uh, a.k.a. Disney. And uh, they really didn't recognize the Fourth of July as a legal holiday. There was a big thing about it. What the fuck is that? Well, did they recognize Rosh Hashanah? They did, and they recognized Shavuot. They had we had I had off for Shavuos, and then during Sukkot, I worked all week, but I worked in a tent. Are you kidding me? It was outside. It was outside in a Uh, Sukkah. Shit. I don't know if I ever told you about the fact that I wait. What about Passover? Well, uh, what we did is Were we you had traveling? my roar. No, I was wearing my roar, All right. which is a cologne. Okay. Bitter behind the ears. Good night, folks. And I um, will see you at the premiere. So yeah. is that your new line, I'll see you at the premiere? Yeah, I like that line. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good. It's good. I can get behind it. Um, now, the you, writer's room. Yes. Anything about that? Uh, the writer's room we shot in 10 days. Uh, we shot 10 episodes in 10 days. It was, mm-hmm. a, it was one of the first real, like, web series right and we shot in a conference room and uh, it was about fictitious uh, show hosted by kevin pollack a late night show and about the relationship his writers had with him and then i've never heard of larry sanders before i know this was mm, no it was after larry Sanders. it was but but that show then begat and I'll use a lot of biblical language, and yes. then we're going to have our Hebrew names. Okay. Um, it begat a show called After Lately with Chelsea Handler. Right. I've they, never heard of that. They copied that show. Right. Yeah. Do you think anything—wait, I have to ask you one thing about Ben Stein before I ask you Sure. This. He's a Republican. Yes, ma'am. Um, do you like him? I like parts of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like his arm and his leg. Right. No, I like parts of him. Let me see. You have to love a guy who knows everything about hip-hop, who's a Jew who's over 65 years right. old. You have to like a guy who knows everything about Bruce Springsteen, knows everything about music. Very interesting guy to talk to, but crazy. Right. And when you go into his house, he has four couches I thought you weren't room. allowed to meet him. After the show, after the series wrapped. Went into oh, the house. you finally met him? I did. And he took me to the polo lounge. No way. Yeah. What's his house like? His house is like the West Wing. It looks exactly like the West Wing. It has couches that face each other and then an emblem in the middle of the floor, like some kind of rug that oh, looks like Oh, because he a, wrote for Reagan, right? Or his, Nixon. His father wrote Nixon's resignation Yes, that's speech. right. His father was an economist. Right. And so on the wall are pictures of Nixon shaking hands with different people, including his father. Never a high five, never a fist bump. Right. Only sh- Nixon right, didn't right. do that stuff. Right. It wasn't like Obama. Anyway, uh, but Ben Stein, so it's like four different couches, and you've got Nixon over your shoulder, and it's a big Beverly Hills house. But when he took me to the polo lounge, he had an ascot on. It no was way. ascot night. And he had an ascot. Everybody had an ascot. Everybody was rich, rich, rich. He takes me to the polo lounge, and he says— now, Ed, I understand that you live in Marina Del Rey. My wife and I own a controlling interest in the Marina De- Del Rey Yacht Club. May I make a call for you? 
And he I, did not. He did say that. May I make a call for you? And I'm M- like, meaning what? Uh, maybe I can get you in, or maybe I can get you a sandwich. I'm not sure. Like which. you want to go to the yacht club and spend a thousand dollars for lunch for a tuna salad sandwich. I think. Would they, you have the yeah. tuna? On, I'm going to give you choices. Yeah. Rye, toasted rye, mm. whole wheat, mm. toasted whole wheat, mm. bagel. Huh. Uh, I have to think about it for a second. I probably would have it on gluten-free chuck bread because I can't have wheat now. But if this were 1975, I would have it on a bagel. What's with the gluten-free shit? I can't with I'm, the gluten. I'm sick. I'm sick. No, you're not. Yeah, I have. I have. A, I had blood tests. I really do have an intense wheat allergy is what I do. So I hope you're not wearing wheat. Shit. Ladies Do you like my shirt? It's made out of bread. <laughs> All right. Wait. So. Will best of bread be what playing happened? during this? What, what? what happened with the yacht? Did you ever go to the yacht club? I never went to the yacht club. Uh, I ne- I worked with Ben again, when? and this was the most amazing show ever. It was called Ben's Law, and it was a brilliant show. It was a comedy court show mm-hmm. with Ben as the lawyer, as, as, the, the, as judge. the judge, listening to morality cases. Right. With his bailiff was Craig Robinson. Uh huh. And Craig Robinson would come out in rows, but he had a keyboard. Right. And so they would have these sidebars, mm-hmm. which they would talk. They would talk like, like in one sidebar, they're doing monologues from the hurricane. Right. And Ben gets to do all the good monologues, and they're arguing. Right. That's a sidebar. And then the other one, Ben is teaching Craig the foxtrot. <laughs> so it's very strange. But it was very funny. Jimmy Pardo was a man on the street. I like Jimmy Pardo. Yeah, he's very funny. Very funny. Yes, guy. very funny. I love I Jimmy. I remember working with him years and years and years ago. I know. Because I've been around forever and ever. <laughs> so do you, now going back to yes, what I was going to go say yeah. about, you know, the writer's room. Yes. You know, you're saying that Larry Sanders had already happened. But do, is there anything that is truly original anymore? I mean, I think TV's getting... Original? I think Netflix is getting original, but it's too original. Because what's happening now on Netflix is if you look... I need a Netflix class. I need right, a Netflix right, right. steward to I teach see. me what's in there. Because you go into Netflix now, and there are 800 shows, and they all have very idiosyncratic names right. for titles. It's all, hi, my name is Herb, and I have a pair of pants that used to be a piano. Right. Those, that's the title I'll see you at the show. premiere. <laughs> and I will see you at the premiere. <laughs> oh, okay, that's a title of, That's a title of a show. Right. And, and there are 800 of those shows. Right. Lady Dynamite. I don't know if you've seen yes, that. Yes, yes. And you know Maria. I love Maria. How do you handle a problem like Maria? She's fantastic. She is unbelievable. She can do anything. Now, that show is kind of original. That is a very original show. I've only seen a couple episodes, so okay. I cannot make any, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I have to say, and Patton is amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. They're all amazing. Yeah. So that's kind of original. Uh, I thought That the, would be an original show, I thought show, the yes. United States of Terra was relatively original. It wasn't in that it was, right. you know, but it was. But the fact that it was a, a multiple personality mother I thought was interesting. What? Who exactly. are you? Yeah. So that's how I had it home, and I didn't realize it was a it was a disorder. Now you grew up in the Boston area. I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts, in the in heart Boston, of, in Dorchester, which Dorchester, is, right? Dorchester. Is, oh, Do- how are you? Oh, God, love you, Francis. Aren't you nice? Dorchester. Oh, you're marvelous. I'd say, Ma, how was the how was the food? You went to the postal dinner with uh, Dad. My father used to work in the post office. She said, Well, the band was wonderful. The food you could shove right up your ass. <laughs> 
Everything would find its way in the uh, ass. Inside the ass. Every, well, every she way. can shove it up her ass. Yeah. And yeah. I'll see you and I'll see at, the at the premiere. You know what the problem is, Ed? They all want a piece of me. See? Everybody's up my ass, and I got a head S- like a tomato. Now, siblings. Yes. I, ha- I had a sister who passed away about a year ago. No. Thanks for bringing it up. No. How old? She was 62. What happened? Uh, had a, uh, a cardiac arrest in the middle of the night. That's the best way to go. Well, it is a good way to go, uh, but it was not a planned way to go, and I didn't really know what was going on, and I, was, I got a call from the Boston Police Department at, at, at like 8 o'clock at night, and I'm thinking, first, my thoughts go, th- go here. What did I? I haven't been in Boston in seven years. Uh, right. What could I have done? Parking ticket. Yeah, there's yes, got to be something. Yes, yes, yes. I didn't think Rocha, and and so he told me, and I started losing my mind. So wait, oh, so she's older than you, obviously. She's seven years older. And uh, married? No, not married. The best actress I've ever seen in my life. A did great she stage do, actress. Did she yeah. do? Yeah, she was very good. She was she Rochelle Krasnick. Rochelle Krasnick could read a piece of paper and make you cry. And. Never married, huh? Never married. But ever in love? Yeah, a long time ago. She had a very, very difficult life, very troubled life. She had one of those lives where she was actually on the Oprah-style show called People Are Talking. Oh, yes, I remember that. With my mother, talking about her life. She had a very hard life. She was anorexic, and she was burned in a fire, and she had oh, all kinds God, of things Oh, my God, I can't. On. Yeah, you can. Where's the fire? Exactly. The fight, the fight, she was anorexic and she, you know, when you're, you're cold. Right. And so it was the dead of winter and she was in a rooming house in Boston and she was wearing a robe that was flammable (gasps) and the spark caught the robe and it went up in flames. Was she disfigured? Yes, but fortunately not on her face. Oh, that's good. It was just her body, you know, but it was very difficult for her. Well, because she already had body issues and now. She almost died. That's terrible. Yeah. Rest in peace, Rochelle. Rest in peace, Rochelle. We love you. And we Rochelle love was you. very funny, and she would love you. Rochelle, we say hello you. to my mother. They, okay, yeah. and yeah. any other siblings? No other siblings. And parents are dead? Parents are dead. Everyone's dead. It's like three days of the condor. Right. I know. In, I feel like that. Everyone is dead, and they're so, all in the cemetery. Now, how do you deal with that? Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. You know, I feel lucky I have kids. Yes, you've made a family. I've made a family. Gay people have always had to make their own families of my generation. Be- I mean, now it's like, Mom, I'm gay, and they're like, okay, can you pick up laundry detergent? Yeah. You know? But before, it was, Mom, I'm gay. <gasps> no! You know, like that was... <laughs> it went from no to get, can you pick up laundry, laundry detergent. detergent. Right. So, um, and now we also have to deal with the gender issues. Um, but, you know, that's why anyone our age who is against equality... You know what they should do? Shove it up their ass, as your mother would say. Go right up your ass. Go right up your ass. Yeah. Because how dare you? Yeah. All right. Anyway, so. um, Equality. Your father was a social worker, though. My father was a social worker uh, in the uh, Department of Social Work in Boston. He helped families for 40 years. But here's my father. My father worked two jobs for about 50 years. He worked at the post office at night. At night. 
So he was the winner of the Willie Loman Lifetime Achievement Award. Right. So he worked his ass. His, he didn't have an ass. He worked his ass off. My Did father, he shove it up his anything? If he had no ass, I think he was, how could he shove <laughs> anything up there? I think he made the motion and right. then hoped. Right. Uh, but but at any rate, my father, they tried to force him out at age 62. Mm-hmm. That's of, what they used to do. Of the yeah. welfare department. Right. And what he said is, I'm not leaving until I'm ready. And what they said is, fine, we're going to turn your office into a smoking lounge. And they did. And what? he stayed for two extra years in spite of them. So that's the kind of guy my father was. Wait. So he, he kept his office, but people were smoking yes. in there. And that was through the state of Massachusetts. My father was an amazing guy. Okay. Did he die of lung cancer? He didn't. What did he die of? He died of heart failure, but not then, like 20, 24 years later. I want to fucking kill them for doing that I to know. him. My father was a tough guy. He never he never gave up. He was Really? Tough. Yeah. But did he stick up for himself? Oh, always. All right, good. Always. What about- no, he would have quit. Right. But he said, no, I'm going to stay extra time. Because so that I can get my yeah. dinero. Yeah. And well, you can shove your fucking cigarettes. Right up your ass. Right up your ass. Yeah. Now, what did your mother do? My mother was the funniest person, uh, and everybody thinks that about their mom, but my mom really was funny. And okay, could, you could have be funny to admit my mother. Your mother is very funny. She's dead. No, she's still very funny. Oh, okay. Thank you. My mother is still very funny, but my mother could do, like, I would have her on radio sometimes, yeah. and I would say, it's time for Shirley Krasnick's illness update. My mother is sitting at a death and dismemberment update news desk. What's going on? Now, this is off the top of her head. Right. She'd say, oh, it's not good. I'd say, really? What, what happened? Well, you remember Esther Nash. Yeah, what happened? Is she okay? Well, she, poor thing, had a stroke. I'd say, well, are you going to go visit her in the hospital? She said, why bother? She won't know me. How's she going to know me? Why bother? Where she can I going? shove it up her ass. Yes. The food you could shove yeah, right up I your used ass. To but call, anyway, she was, yeah. you know. I used to call my mother on the phone when in Provincetown in the summertime. I always work there doing stand-up, and I work on new material. And I used to always call her at the end of the set, and t- and I was just there. You know, I've been working there all summer, and then I had to come here for, for to shoot something, myself in the head. And uh, <laughs> and so I was at, you know, after one of the shows, one of the audience members was like, oh, my God, I really miss you calling your mother. I mean, she was fucking hilarious she was very funny yeah and more right your connection with your mom is a very strong connection oh my god your mom knows you better than anybody it's the thing is that people don't realize like my father died and i today actually today is the day my father died the day we're recording this so wow it's it's for this will air tomorrow but yeah august 1st my father died in 1990 wow and it's like you still it's like you can't you still remember you still remember every fucking detail. Of course. And, you know, everyone always thought, oh, when her mother dies, she's going to be a mental case. But I feel I had nothing left to, I mean, we'd said it all. She, her life, she was going to be 93, you know. Yeah. Gazai Gazunt. I miss her. I go to call her all the time. I talk to her. I mean, do you talk to your parents? Yes. I don't talk to them. I used to talk to my mother out loud. Yeah, I do. And then I used to do her talking back to me. Right. Um. I do it a little bit for my daughter, and I tell her a lot of stories. Right. And she has a real connection with her, even though right. she never met her. She never met her? No. Met did you dad. name your daughter after her? Yes, I did. What's yeah, your daughter's name? My daughter's name is Shana. My mother's name was Shirley. And uh, when did your your father died first? Father died. Uh, my father died second. What? My mother died of cancer. When? Um, 1999. 
Wow. Yeah. And then? And then my father died uh, 2007, I want to say. And then your sister, 2015. Yes. Good night, everybody. <laughs> this There's... is a comedy <laughs> podcast, and a... <laughs> everyone is dead. Shut up your ass. Death, okay. <laughs> death takes a holiday. No, it does not. Yes, so, shove it up. it's the shove it up your ass week out here uh, in Hollywood. It really is. Yeah. And uh, I'll see you. At the premiere. So... You went to Syracuse University. I did. I went with your cousin, Glenn. Uh, um, we were there at the same time. Oh, you were? Yeah, but he was in a different place. He's older than me, my cousin, Glenn. Yeah. So my cousin, Glenn Schwartz, for all the listeners. Yeah, Glenn is tremendous. Is um, uh, my mother's cousin's son. So my mother's cousin, um, Leonard is Glenn's father. Now, Glenn is a publicist of stand-ups. Yes. And we also had this uh, um, other cousin, uh, Marty Comer. Who, do you ever I heard of know. him? No. So he was, he started with like Irvin Arthur and all these guys like in the 50s. And I remember Glenn and I, I always thought Glenn didn't want to work with me because, you know, we were cousins, but he did. So we, we actually work together now. But um, Marty Comer was like the only person in show business in our family because everyone else was like doctorate, you know, get education, educate, you know, yeah. teachers, lawyers, whatever. And so I wanted, I was like, it was like 1984 maybe. I had just moved to New York, just graduated college, and I had done stand-up, and my mother's like, go meet with Cousin uh, Marty. So I'm there, and he's like, yeah, he's sitting at his desk and everything, and he's like, uh, yeah, I got Barry Manilow. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow? And I was like, oh, can I can I get two tickets or something? And and uh, he's like, sure. Yeah, it'd be 100 and I'm like, I have no money. I'm, I just graduated college. <laughs> It'll be a thousand dollars. So Marty is the is our cousin who never helped anyone. Anyway, so he's a cousin. Yeah. Glenn, so Glenn and I are old friends. Right? Yes, Glenn loves you. Well, Glenn, so you went to Syracuse with Glenn. Went to Syracuse. He was at Sadler. I was at Flint, and Sa and and he was in a different group. I never met him until I was out here, and a friend of mine uh, ended up marrying him. So that was the first one or the second, second one? one? Second one. Yeah. So Eve. Eve. Yes. The great Eve. Eve is Eve wonderful. Eve is great. She's wonderful. Except here's the thing with Eve. This uh -oh. is another kill me wow. now thing. Like I'll call Glenn because I have to tell him something about something we discussed. Evil answer. It was like when my father would call. When my father would answer the phone and I just want to talk to my mother. Yeah. Did you ever have that? Yes. And you're like, hey. And then after he dies, you feel guilty. Yes. Um, and I'd be he'd be like, hello. And I'd be like, hi. Um how are you? I'm like, good. <laughs> I want to get them off. I, I, I just, so that's the way she is sometimes. It's like, hey, Judy. Hi. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to be like, you know, like, I don't, I can't talk to you. I have no time. Right. And then the short answers are not, like, you don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. I mean, she's like, is there anything I can help you? I'm like, no, you can't <laughs> help me. Because then I have to re-explain the whole fucking thing. Okay. I think this. I think it's a very good information when they have the trial, uh, and they're probably going to question you separately at the grand jury. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll see you at so the premiere. Anyway, yes. um, so anyway, now, now. I, okay. Wait, wait. Yeah. So, uh, you go to Syracuse, and go, what did you study? I studied uh, visual and performing arts and child and family studies, a dual major, because of your father. 
Did your mother have a degree? My mother did not have a degree. She graduated high school? She did. In Boston? Yes. And she had a real estate job for one day. Okay. And that yeah. worked out really well. And that well. was it. And then a, and then she a shoved medical it up secretary for one yes. day. And then she shoved that up she her ass. She shoved everything up her ass. And so <laughs> There was a lot going on. Yeah. So did she have a big ass? No. Oh, okay. In fact, she would say, you know what my problem is? I got it all up front. I really got no ass. <laughs> now, your father... My had a degree as he was a social worker. My, my father was a social worker. My father went over during World War, War II, II and he brought weights with him. You heard that. He yeah. was an exercise fanatic. He was an exercise nut. He was happy. He used to show me books of bodybuilders because he was a bodybuilder when he was young. He used to show me books of bodybuilders and he'd say, this is the immortal Eugene Sandow. And well, I'd they say, were all boxers. You yeah. know, the whole boxing, people don't realize the whole boxing field, Jewy Jews. Yes, there were a lot of very right. strong uh, Jews, and they would pull a boat to Catalina with their neck. Right. What about Jack LaLanne? He was not Jewish. That's what he—he he wasn't Jewish, but he was running from his past. Right. As I feel. Um, well, I know. All right, look, I've been an overexerciser, right? So I, but this is before I was on meds. So like all through my, I've done, like all in my thirties, late twenties. All I wanted, I've missed gigs because I was like, I have to run this morning. I know there's a storm coming. I was in like New Hampshire. I had to go to, it was a it was a gig in Boston or something. Wow! And uh, they were like, "If you don't leave now," and I was like, "But I have to. I have to run five miles. I have to run five. You know, it's like mental." So I got caught in the storm and ended up spending the weekend at my cousin's in New Hampshire. But um, did he have Barry Manilow tickets? Hey, good night, folks. <laughs> now, now wait a minute. Wait. So hmm. I used to, and I ran the marathon, and now I have a replaced knee. I have a total knee. The other one has to be replaced. But I oh shit. Oh, somebody. Uh, some, I got it. But I have it on off, and I don't know why it keeps going. Something happened. There's a uh, call from. From my friend Gary. From oh, Gary. He's a pain in my ass. All right. I love you, Gary. Um, But. <laughs> oh, God. And then. Oh, the, wait, I'm trying to. You're trying. She's trying to close I'm her trying phone to close right the now. ringer, and it's not working. You can't turn the yeah, ringer God off. Yeah, goddamn son. This is my mother. My uh, <laughs> goddamn son of a bitch. <laughs> These are these are um here are some uh um what would we call it? sayings sayings of that my the parents have bitch on wheels bitch on wheels uh up shits creek love it um shtick dreck love that yeah that's a good one between me you and the wall was a big one you can put a broom up your ass and sweep as you go along right was big oh I my father you need the patience of a saint oh, that wow. was a good one wow your father was different than your mom your yes. father was a very a quieter yes. person. And then he, the other thing he used to say, questions, 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 because I'd be like, eh, eh, you know, he used to like, be like annoyed when you asked a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> too so, many, too many right. questions. So y y your father, do you, who do you, th your mother's funny, but your father's my has father a was, heart and soul. My father had Like my father. My father was, my father was in World War too. Funny. Oh, really? Yes, my father was dryly funny, too. Um, yes, and my father was in the war as well. Did he describe any of his experiences no. or talk to you about that at all? None. Zero. No. No. Like, you didn't take your father to see Saving Private Ryan, for example, which what I What year was that? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. Well, he's <laughs> been dead for 26 years. Now, that's difficult for a person your age at the time. Right. So next year, I will have known him... You know, he's for, dead and alive at the same per, same amount of time wow. of my life. Wow. That's amazing. And I then remember. after that, I've had less time with him. You know. Uh, what do you remember of the time that you did have? What, what stands uh, we used out to have, for you? So for my, it, even though it's my podcast, 
uh, I he was. Everyone said he was such a gen- he was a gentleman. He never said you can't do this because you're a woman. You know what I mean? Um, he loved gardening. We had a whole, huge. We grew all our own vegetables. He and raspberry bushes. I used to pick raspberry. We like we did a lot. He loved the lawn. He used to yell at the sprinkler. Um, he loved opera. He loved the theater. He was like a Renaissance guy. Wow. Um, he never walked around without a shirt on. Like he always, it, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, and and what was his relationship like with you? Like what? what I was definitely of... the favorite. Okay. But he worked all the time. He used to be like Judith. You want to go to Rickles? Because you know we'd get shit for the lawn. Um, I thought you meant go to Don Rickles. I hey, good night, folks. No, I, I did. I really didn't understand. Uh, yeah. So Rickles helps <laughs> you do it better. Do it better with Rickles. Yeah. Um, a new sponsor. So he was just not like. Th- th- first of all, he was almost forty-eight when I was born. So he was not like the. My parents were not like the other parents. My mother grew up in Manhattan. And was almost 41 when I was born. Mm. So I had older parents. And, you know, I look back now, I realize, oh, my God. But now I look at people like, how old's your daughter? Right. My daughter's 11. Right. So it's like now that's the normal. But when I was a kid, I didn't know they were older. I mean, my grandmother was born in 1896. And I remember that I did they at her 75th birthday. It uh they she said, Oh, Judith, it's a joke. I'm really fifty-seven. So I was like, Oh, good, thank God. And then when my mo- my father supposedly turned fifty, the whole day I was annoying him, going, You're half a century old, you're half a century old. And meanwhile, he was turning sixty. So everyone was lying all over the place. And then one day I'm at my grandmother's house and I see this like prescription thing she filled out and it said date of birth. And it's had year, and it was 96. And this is like 1978. And I'm like, 96? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I was like, my grandmother was born in, oh, my grandparents were born in the age. I mean, there were so many fucking secrets. No one said anything. Oh, Judith, shut now, up. Now, shit. they lied because they were afraid of alarming you that they were I don't older? know. At one point, my brother said to me when we were kids, um, because I was always, I did not fit in. I am definitely the identified patient of my family. I was. But the thing was, my father got a kick out of me. Everyone else I annoyed. But, uh, you know, my mother was always, I've said this a million times, you're so hyper. Judith, you're so hyper. But um, <laughs> I love parents who are telling you not to do something right, that they're doing. Right. You're so goddamn hyper. <laughs> so, but my father, um, now I forgot my train of thought because I got went on to my mother. Wait, what was I fucking talking about? This is my fucking brain. Your father. Your, oh, right. So yeah. what? Con, uh, con, oh, old age. Right. Lying. Right. So they all. I Oh, my brother at one point said to me when I was, I don't know, maybe adolescence, early teens. You know what? Because he never talked to me. He didn't talk to me for years because he couldn't stand me. But it would be, he was like, Judith, uh, you need to understand that. Our parents are old. They're not going to be around very long, and you need to stop aggravating them. This is how he talks. <laughs> Fantastic. It was basically that. And I was like, 
Uh, so, I mean, so I've been waiting. The fear of them dying has been on my mind since I'm a kid. Wow. And it was just, and like death. It's just like. So that's an abandonment thing. That's like, when are they going to, when are they going to leave When are me? they going to, and you know, whatever. So I, I was, you know, my father, it was a shock because he was swimming. He had a heart attack. But they all exercised. We were a big exercise family. We played tennis. We swam. We went. I hated ice skating. They used to make me go ice skating. I'm like, I fucking hate it. Everyone had ice skates downstairs in the basement. I'm like, I fucking hate it. I hate being cold. I hate that my fucking foot is crushed in this thing. I hate that I'm 6'9 in these fucking things and I'm going to fall. And I fucking hate it. <laughs> All right. So Now, is that how you express yourself when you were a kid in the family? I would be like, like my brother wouldn't let me in his room. My sister couldn't stand me. Um, and I would go, what is wrong with, I would literally be like, is there something wrong here? You know, like, <laughs> and they'd be like, shut up. Sh-. You know, they would just ignore me. They want to keep it down. The identified right. patient makes noise. Right. In the house. Right. So now we have a lot in common. Um, yeah. yeah. Besides being standups, I started seeing a therapist at 18 years old and you started seeing a therapist when very I was young. born yes when i was born the doctor who delivered me was a therapist and he and would I'll see me. you at the <laughs> premiere no I, I once what happened to me is that um my mother had a bad accident when i was in ninth grade what kind uh she tripped and fell uh-huh. and she broke both her wrists uh-huh and she was incapacitated for about a year. Okay. And I insisted that no one else touch her. I insisted to be the only one who took care of her. Right. And I turned into like a neat Florence. freak. Florence. I did. I turned into a neat freak. I cooked for the family and I cleaned up. They hired somebody to come be with her. The, we made the woman sandwiches. That's basically what happened with the, the nurse who came. Yeah, but when you were at school. I didn't go to school. I skipped a lot of school. When, how old were you? Mm, Nine? Thirteen. Oh, 13, 13. Yeah. Perfect age, by the way, to, well, to that's a good age have for a transition. A, right, because nothing's going on. Right. <laughs> so it was so kind of, eighth it was grade. Tough. So eighth grade. So what happened is I was a very good student, and then because of the time that I missed, I, would, I came into class one day, and I remember I came into chemistry class, and my desk was gone because <gasps> I had been out of school so long. Like how long? A few months. Wait, and you weren't learning? And none, neither of your parents said... Ed, go to school? No, they tried to get me to go to school, but I wouldn't go. And at right. some point, they called me school phobic. I used to go to movies instead of school. I would uh-huh. go downtown and time That's it. That's what Gilbert did, too. Yeah, we go to yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to comfort yourself. You're trying to take right. care of yourself. You think you're a bad person, and that right. goes on for years. And then you learn the feelings. So the are first okay. time you went to the therapist, you yeah, were... the first time it was it was through a program in school, and it was they would evaluate you if you started getting bad grades. Right. So you started getting bad grades. Started getting bad, bad grades. I was a very good student, and then all of a sudden, shit, st- shit. And so they sent me to a psychologist, and I looked at the psychologist. Her name was mm-hmm. Dr. Elizabeth Caldwell. And if she's still alive and she's listening to this, I want you to know, I know that I owe you a check. No. Um, uh, Good night, <laughs> ladies. Yeah. No, she, so I looked at her at the age of like 12 or 13, 13, and I said to her, um, will I ever be happy? And then I said, how long is that going to take? But I was serious. Right. And she said a long time. She said something like, I remember it as right. her saying, it takes time. Maybe I interpreted it as a she long was, time. Why'd they send you a non-Jewish therapist? Well, that's the first thing. Because, look, uh, nobody speaks that language except the Jews. So right. if you go in, it's like talking to Mary Tyler Moore from Ordinary People. Right. Calvin, wear the blue shoes and the other right. suit. Calvin. 
Right. Um, but anyway, so that was my first uh, therapist. And then I went on to uh, see all kinds of therapists and every type of therapist, even uh, Me for, too. for a psychiatric institute. I, huh? Hello. Um, so anyway, did you have did you have a good one? Did you have this any? This is what happened. Yeah. I said to him, I knew I was gay. Okay. And I, there was no way I could tell anyone. And then I said, I'd like to see. And my parents were not anti-therapy or anything. So, of course, my mother sends me to the Jewish Family Services in Elizabeth, New Jersey. I know it well. So I go to the Jewish Family Service. And I, I, re, I think I remember somewhat the therapist. And I remember the whole time I'm going week after week. And then um, the day... I go in and I say, um, th- I, I said, I'm going to tell her. I'm going to tell her that I'm, you know. So I walk in and I said, um, well, I have something I really think I, I want to tell you. And she goes, and I have something I want to tell you. I said, okay. She's like, you go first. And I said, I was with a girl and I, you know, I, I, I might be gay. I don't know what, you know, whatever. And she's like, that's okay. You know, whatever. And then she's, and I said, and what, and she said, I'm moving to Florida. And this is our last <laughs> session. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. This is our last session. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Kill me now. Kill me the fuck now. So you go, what did, so you go, oh. when did you start? So you're in Syracuse, which is an excellent school. It's did you enjoy school. your college years? I did. I did enjoy it. For me, college was about separating from my family emotionally right. and getting and away from Rochelle home. And was Rochelle okay at this point? No fire yet. Mm, she. That was when uh, it happened while I was away at school. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So you're at college. You're yeah. finally separated from everyone yes. in the Michigas. Yes. And what year does the... Uh, it happens around then. It was around, 76. So around freshman year, yeah, sophomore year? freshman year, yeah. And I, you know, my parents were at the hospital every day. I w- I'm still a little confused about the wrist thing. Like that... How my parent, my mother broke her wrist? No, that oh. she, that they let you stay home. Well, you got to understand something. The thing about my my family is that is that everybody was sort of enmeshed, which you can, you can understand. Yes. Um, and... I really, in some ways, was a, uh, you know, I played the role of my f- a parent oh, in yeah. my family. Of course. Of course, like a lot of people. And so um, so it was, it was uh, you know, it was tough. And my mother really was in a place where she couldn't really do much. Right. And I really was scared for her. And I wanted to, I wanted, and I was scared for myself, of course. And right. I wanted to take care of her. I'm scared for you. Well, I'm scared for myself, you know. I, I mean, I wake up in the morning and I'm and like, you no! Shove, shove it up. I used to be like that. Yeah. No, actually, I don't. I, You know, it's funny because life is much better now and things are going right. well. So I'm, there you go. I'm happy. So um, my mother had a similar accident. Um, but this is the difference between our family. I come home one day from school and my, we had this big black Barca lounger, ch- this chair. And I come home from school. And my mother's sitting in the chair, and her entire rib cage is completely wrapped. And she's sitting there, and I'm like, "What?" This happens at my at school while I'm in school. And I said, "What happened?" She was got on my father's desk chair and was cleaning something on the ceiling or a light bulb or something, and fell and broke four ribs. Ugh. Doesn't tell anyone. 
Like, no one tells anyone. <laughs> it's a secret. It's like, and then that's it. It's like, what happened? I got hit by a car. I swear to God, I got hit by a car. I was going to driver's ed. It was the summertime. I get hit by a car. Um, they shave my head. I get 15 stitches in my head. I have, like, sh- fracture my elbow. I'm wearing it. Literally, I look like, a, you know, in a, it looked like a cartoon. I had my head shaved and all wrapped. I had my arm in a sling, and I had a neck brace. I'm sitting on the couch, and my brother comes in and says, what happened? And I said, I got hit by a car. And then he goes, oh, and goes upstairs. Happy New Year. And then my sister walks in, looks at me, and goes upstairs. <laughs> No. I said, Jane, why you didn't get? She goes, I knew I'd find out. I mean, like mental. <laughs> I knew I'd find no! out. What in the in the family yeah. secrets bulletin yeah. in the newspaper? Because we always ate dinner together. Where I also was like, what is wrong with everyone? <laughs> so that's me. Now I have a, I had a friend. Uh, this is amazing. Uh, her father was in the F was in the CIA, mm-hmm. and he used to go away for long periods of time. No mm-hmm. one would say anything. Right. It's not a Jewish family. Right. Came home one day, had a different face. No one says a word. No way. You're lying. Had a different face. Like what kind of face? Just a completely changed face. <laughs> You're lying. I'm not lying. <laughs> hey, and then they go, the brother and, and sister. And they're just like, hey, they, dad. No, they go, no, not to dad. They go in their room to say goodnight, and the brother goes over to the sister, and he says, Is he, dad has a different face, doesn't he? She's like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> You're fucking lying. I'm not lying. So there are people who I keep... will see you at <laughs> the premiere. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's 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 a, the secret thing is is amazing. And you know, you know, this is very um obvious, but you know it's the things that you think can kill you and you think you're going to hold them back because they will kill you if you say them. Right. Those are all the things of course that free you and right. that, and that keep you that make right. you live. Right. So if you think you're bad for saying things, which it doesn't sound like you thought that about yourself. You didn't have this thing where you beat yourself up for your feelings. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I was gay. Yes no, I no, was. No, 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 but I'm saying you yes, spoke out. Well, no, I was like I didn't I did not know that siblings like talk to each other until I got in the marching band and Wendy Conklin and Michael Conklin, they were a year apart and they were like best friends and they would hang out on the bus on the on uh, band trips. And I was like, so wait a minute, you guys are brother and sister and you talk to each other like I was. That's why I was addicted to like the Brady Bunch and sure. the Partridge family like it, the communication was it was none. Zero. Yeah. But you would say you would you would speak out and you'd say what's wrong with you people, right. and they they would be like Ugh, you don't you know, but you know I did and then I didn't. I mean, still in my head I was thinking oh there's definitely something wrong. I mean, plus I was gay. Yeah. God damn it. This is Hennessy, and that was part one of Ed Krasnick's episode of Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I hope you've enjoyed episode 60 with Ed as much as I have. Please rate us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. If you've subscribed to us on iTunes before, but that's not how you listen to us, go back and make sure you're still subscribed to our show. It really makes a difference in the dumb iTunes podcast weird system they have going on. Thank you so much again for listening to this episode. I will go work on my organizational skills and uh, you can follow ed krasnick at ed krasnick e-d-c-r-a-s-n-i-c-k and visit him at edkrasnick.com also follow judy gold at j-e-w-d-y gold thanks again for listening to kill me now so long 
and uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long.